You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you are ready for the first victory polo Monday of the season because the Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, my Dallas Cowboys, our Dallas Cowboys were victorious on Sunday afternoon against the Cincinnati Bengals, the reigning AFC champions at AT AT&T Stadium. I'm going to be real with you. I have no idea how this happened. This was not supposed to happen. This should have not happened. The Dallas Cowboys did a lot of things to ensure that this did not happen. But the Dallas Cowboys, the Cincinnati Bengals, nobody accounted for the beautiful, perfect arm of Cooper Rush, the beautiful, perfect foot of Brett Maher, one that I have never personally doubted one single time. The Dallas Cowboys found a way to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat and sit here one and one. Not with the terrible 0-2 that nobody wants to be. The Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2. Can you guys imagine being 0-2? That would suck. I can't imagine being 0-2 on the season. That is for some terrible teams, some terrible fans. We do not have to worry about that. Life is good once again. Now, I want to be clear about something. Even though the Dallas Cowboys won, there was a lot to take away from this. There was a lot of bad that we saw. There was a lot of times throughout this game where it felt like the Dallas Cowboys were doing everything they could, like I said, to lose this game but they did not we've heard the term moral win before right like sometimes like a year ago when the Cowboys played the Buccaneers they play very well you hear people say it's a moral win right it's it's a moral victory you know they learned a lot they can be proud of themselves it's a moral victory this is a moral loss all right you don't have to have the loss you don't have to be 0-2 you don't have to have the actual penalties and consequences of losing a game but you can take all of the lessons from losing this game while maintaining the positives of winning the game like the win you're one and one you're 500 you are still technically alive on the NFL season. Had the Dallas Cowboys fallen to 0-2, would they have been mathematically eliminated? Of course not, but they would have been pretty behind the eight ball here. I mean, this would have been bad. But on the other hand, on the other side of that coin, we're going to get to all of your comments here on our live post-game show here on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel. Make sure you're leaving them. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like the video. You can watch this live, obviously, or watch the rewatch or listen on the podcast version of the show. The Cowboys were, were in a mess. It, it's it's not it's not a secret. It, the, the win doesn't undo the mess. We have to be careful. We cannot forgive the team for everything just because they won. We don't have to harp on everything, but there are positives and negatives. The win does not excuse everything. The win does not excuse the way the Cowboys turtled up and got conservative over the second half. The win does not excuse the fact that the Cowboys all of a sudden know how to innovate offensively and involve all of their star dynamic playmakers when Cooper Rush is under center. But not when Dak Prescott's under center. All of those things are true and objective facts. The same way it is true and objectively factual that the Dallas Cowboys won, that the Dallas Cowboys really had their way with a team that was in the Super Bowl last year. And I know it's not the same season, all right? Nobody's trying to sit here and say the Cincinnati Bengals are just as good as they were. If you listen to anything I do, both here at Blog of the Boys and on the SB Nation NFL show, I haven't been a big believer in the Bengals personally. I don't necessarily think that they're going to be like an AFC powerhouse. They're not on the same level as the Chiefs or the Bills or even the Ravens for that matter. I know the Ravens lost today but still where is it where's this magical offense I mean Joe Burrow had a thousand turnovers last week Joe Burrow and I'm not trying to turn into some Joe Burrow hater here I think he's awesome in in the overall but people were crowning the Bengals people were really anointing them and the Bengals just got beat by Cooper Rush I mean people bagged on Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings a year ago for losing to Cooper Rush's Dallas Cowboys Joe Burrow Zach Taylor Joe Mixon Jamar Chase T Higgins all of them lost to Cooper Rush's Dallas Cowboys today That means that our Dallas Cowboys won. Let's get to your comments. Anthony Gonzalez says, Dak who? Thank you for the super chat, Anthony, by the way. Perfect Jerry voice. How about them? Cowboys never doubted. 2-0, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush is, in fact, 2-0 as the starter for the Dallas Cowboys. And I do not want to hear this, all right? 
I do not want to hear anybody saying, does anybody know what's happening in the Raiders game, by the way? We had a, there's a lot going on. I'm trying to keep tabs on everything. Got Sunday Night Football coming up. If anybody knows the score of the Raiders-Cardinals game, we're going to experience it together uh, as one people. But, um, but, I mean, I do not want to hear. And I know Anthony's kind of joking. I do not want to hear that Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott. Do not want to hear. I do, I do, do not be that person, all right? Do not be that person who comes away from this game thinking that Cooper Rush is a superior quarterback to Dak Prescott. Again, we talked about it. 23 up. Thank you, everybody. It's in overtime still between the Raiders and Cardinals. Our loyal commenters will keep us all updated. We'll all experience it together. We're rooting for the Raiders, of course. They are the AFC team involved in the contest. But Cooper Rush played a fine game. But the Dallas Cowboys put Cooper Rush in, in, in many, many, many more situations to succeed. We have not seen the Dallas Cowboys do that with Dak Prescott really in a long time. It's really frustrating. It's actually incredibly frustrating. Um, I just don't understand why the Cowboys are able to identify how to help one quarterback but not be able to identify how to help the other. It's, it's ridiculous. Majestic Detail says, uh, goodness gracious, I've lost the comment here. Uh, Cooper looked very confident um, than he did last year. I think he looked the same. I think we have to give a lot of credit to, to Cooper Rush. And to Jose's point, we can, we, we can do several things at once here. We cannot say that Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott. But as Jose says, we can please just do not discredit Cooper Rush. We have to give Cooper Rush his flowers. We absolutely have to. First stock up of the show automatically goes to Cooper Rush. Dude. You come in here, Cooper Rush, seriously. I mean, who wants to build the statue? Let's chip in. Let's do it, whatever it takes. I mean, Cooper Rush, seriously. And I don't know that crow it is. I tweeted during this game that if the Cowboys were victorious uh, against the Bengals, they would eat a whole cheesecake um, on Friday night. A little bit regretting that, but if, if people want to hold me to my word, hey, I'm a man of that. But um, Cooper Rush deserves a lot of credit, an enormous amount of credit because he came in, he did what he had to do. And and to Cooper Rush's credit, I mean, to a larger degree, unlike the Minnesota Vikings game, did not have Amari Cooper to work with. The same Amari Cooper who scored a touchdown today, by the way, but did not have Amari Cooper. He did have CeeDee Lamb. We got to give a lot of credit to CeeDee Lamb. I mean, CeeDee, I think, stepped up. Didn't have like a huge game in the box score, but I really think CeeDee showed up. I think everybody did. I really think that Everybody involved kind of played their part to the degree that they had to. I do think that it was kind of this rising tide by the entire team as a collective. Cooper Rush played very well. Noah Brown, oh my gosh, Noah Brown put him in the Hall of Fame. I thought that Zeke Elliott played well. Tony Pollard played well. The defense, obviously, we'll get to. Super chat from Bones, thank you very much, says, I'd personally like to thank A.J. Brown for the Cincinnati Bagels loss. Looking forward to the apology letter. Bones is a listener to the NFC's mixtape. Uh, looking forward to that myself here on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel and the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Um, seriously, oh, we've got a Raiders fumble, but it looks like they've got it back. Goodness gracious. Uh, T. Swizzy says, Rush couldn't throw a check down and had three or four drop picks. Again, Cooper Rush wasn't perfect, and that's where we can't get away from ourselves. We cannot look at this game and say Cooper was perfect. Cooper was awesome. Cooper's 2-0. Cooper, Cooper, Cooper. Cooper, I'm, I'm all sorry to Mario Cooper. Cooper Rush got it done, right? It wasn't pretty, and he had help uh, you know, all around him. But he got it done. And we have to give him the bare minimum credit, more than the bare minimum. Cooper Rush deserves his flowers, as mentioned, but he was not perfect. Do not allow the Cowboys to lull you into believing something that is not true. But Cooper Rush did look like somebody, you know, I'll speak for myself. Where I will eat some crow is I thought that last year's game against the Minnesota Vikings was an aberration. By the way, Jason R says, RJ, love the jersey behind you, LMAO. For our podcast audience, you are not seeing it, but that is a Brett Maher jersey hanging behind me an authentic brett maher jersey all right i promise that is that's the way they sell them at the dallas cowboys pro shop just like this uh shout out to brett maher making the game winning field goal but i thought that last year was an aberration i thought cooper rush benefited from playing a really bad head coach in mike zimmer i don't think that kirk cousins is a bad quarterback but i thought that mike zimmer really just kind of hindered the vikings and i think we've learned that early on this season it's only been one game right but we're all looking at the vikings we're all rooting huge for the vikings tomorrow by the way on monday night football but it, it, it felt like that to me. I didn't want to give Cooper a lot of credit. Maybe I was discrediting Cooper Rush a little bit too much a year ago. I think that Cooper Rush has proven, I mean, look, the talk this week, and I'll, I'll, this is the Crow Ali. I said that Cooper Rush was among the worst backup quarterbacks in the NFL. That might not be true. Cooper Rush might be one of the, I don't know, top 10 backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And the Cowboys believed in him. The Cowboys brought him back. They believed. And to their credit, he has delivered for them on two different occasions across two different seasons. And now it's not just that he delivered against a crappy team and a bad head coach in Mike Zimmer's Minnesota Vikings. Cooper Rush slayed. 
the mighty Cincinnati Bengals, a team that lots of football fans love, a team that lots of football analysts love. I mean, the Cowboys were huge underdogs. A week ago at this time, actually, uh, about an hour from now, a week ago, the Cowboys were two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't care where you look. You know, DraftKings sponsors us at the SB Nation NFL show. But before or as that game ended, the Cowboys dropped all the way to eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. That kind of moved up and down uh, throughout the week to six, six-and-a-half. Uh, today, before kickoff, it got back to seven-and-a-half. But Cooper Rush found a way. And that's, I think the guy deserves an enormous amount of credit. Shout out to Cooper Rush. We love you. Let's get to your comments again. This is your postgame show. I am merely your puppet. All right. You are all the puppet master. You control me with your little strings. I will dance for you to whatever tune you sing. Casey Cooper says Dan Quinn is not long for the Cowboys. He will be a head coach for another team in 2023. I want to say this. It seems like the Raiders just gave this game away. Oh, my gosh. That is unfortunate. Um, we wanted to see them win that. But, uh, wow. Anyway. When we do stock up, when I write stock up and stock down, we're going to go through some some more stock ups and stock downs here on the post game show. We don't include obvious things. I mean, we do if they're incredible, but I, I don't have Dan Quinn on, on the stock up list. I'm telling you that right now because his stock is as high as it could possibly be. Dan Quinn's defense today was exceptional. And that there's a lot of credit to go around here, all right? Obviously, Micah Parsons deserves an enormous amount. But Dan Quinn, yeah, Tony Romo said on the broadcast, yeah, this is the number one dude to hire. Dan Quinn is backing it up. And right now, so far through two games, an incredibly small sample size, the Cowboys are proving that even though there is regression, there is already regression. We're talking about from a turnover standpoint here regression to the mean was inevitable for this team we talked about that so many times over the offseason but even though regression is happening the Cowboys are finding a way to win they're forcing three and outs they're forcing punts they're forcing short fields they're getting after the quarterback I mean goodness gracious Micah Parsons has four sacks I mean we're two games in and he has four sacks already Dan Quinn give him his flowers build him a statue build him whatever I mean give give it all to Dan Quinn Valentino thank you for the super chat says so if Rush keeps winning do we still put in Dak after he's proven not to get us the championships Valentino, this is a super chat, so I want to make sure I give you your love. But um, no, I no, not at all. No, Dak Prescott is the starting quarterback of this team uh, when uh, he is healthy. That is not up for debate. Please do not be the person who, uh, again, thank you for the super chat, Valentino, but who says these things. Cooper Rush is not a superior quarterback to Dak Prescott. Paul Beebe says Cooper Rush proves preseason concerns are overhyped. That's a fair take. I mean, Cooper Rush was awful in the preseason. And, you know, Cooper Rush played out of his mind, right? Like, and out of his mind for Cooper Rush is kind of marginal in the NFL. But he did what it took. And I think what's exciting about Cooper Rush, and look, I think um, to kind of just get off the stock up, stock down thing for a little bit, I don't know if I speak for all of you, but I think I do. I try to. I try to. That, that's, that's honestly what I view my job as, is to speak for Dallas Cowboys fans in a whole and to put all of our voice out into the ether. That's what I want to do every single day, anytime I step behind a keyboard or a microphone. And what is so exciting and actually kind of relieving about this Dallas Cowboys game is it feels like it, it feels like we can love again, right? Like it feels like we can enjoy the season, right? I mean, a week ago or a few days ago, it just felt like, man, we were committed to, to four or five months of pain and misery. And we might very well still be, right? Like that might ultimately still be the case. That is actually kind of life as a Dallas Cowboys fan. However, this win proves like, you know what? You can love. You know what? You can you can give. You can you can trust a little bit. We can dance, all right? We can dance if we want to. We don't have to leave our friends behind. Let's bring them in here. Let's all have a good time. And who knows what's going to happen? Friday night, we have cheesecake. Cheesecake for everybody. So um, the, Cooper Rush gave us that today. So I want to make sure that we're very grateful for that. Uh, Mikey Montano, thank you for the super chat. Says Tyler Smith is a dog. New left tackle for good. I will say I've been against the idea of... Um, of, of kicking Jason Peters out to right tackle. Um, Darius Johnson says, Tyler Smith has surprised me now. That's one thing. Cowboys, you want to take a victory lap on anything? Uh, you can't take a victory lap on Cooper Rush. You can't take a victory lap on this game. You can take a victory lap, all right, on on, on Tyler Smith. Respect. And I, again, I, I don't like the idea. I think it's kind of, I don't think that that Jason Peters showed up to play right tackle. So this is a good problem at the end of the day. But Tyler Smith has definitely played to a great level. If anything, and I'm not trying to just be negative here, but if anything, why did the Cowboys waste time playing him at left guard? And I'm not saying they should have kicked Tyler or Tyron Smith out of the building, but I mean, why? <laughs> why did this, you know, whatever. Again, it's a good problem. It doesn't matter how we got here as far as this particular problem is concerned. But I don't know. I really don't know if I feel like Tyler Smith should be the left tackle. Because Tyler Smith, as awesome as he's been, 
is still not Jason Peters. I trust Jason Peters, and we're seeing how great Tyler Smith is at the NFL level, right? So if we kind of allow ourselves to think back and slow down and calm down, more importantly, and we go left to right, Jason Peters, the same Tyler Smith that we're gassing up, but we put him at left guard, put him inside, let him learn from Jason Peters, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele. I mean, man, um, man, that would be um, that would be awesome. Vinny says, did you see the report that Dak could return week three? Hopefully they aren't trying to rush him back. I want to get ahead of this right now. Um, Stephen Jones said on the pregame show on 105.3 The Fan that Dak could return in a three to four game window, not week three. Week three is next week. Three to four games, meaning the third or fourth game that his injury would encompass. So the soonest that Stephen Jones is hinting at at Dak Prescott potentially returning is in week four against the Washington Commanders, because that would be the third game that, that he would be injured. I don't think that's going to have that or or I don't think that's going to happen personally, Um, but the, the more games you can win, the more you can survive without Dak Prescott, the longer you can bide your time. And we will see what happens tonight on Sunday Night Football. I'm very interested to watch the Chicago Bears and former Dallas Cowboys staffer Matt Eberflus, all right? But if we look at things, all right, Cowboys are one and one now. They got the New York Giants. And look, the Giants beat the Panthers today. And the Giants, you know, fine. They, they look okay. They beat the Titans last week. I'm also anxious to watch the Titans on Monday Night Football, the first Monday Night Football game. I don't know that we're afraid of the Giants, right? If the Cowboys, like, and now we're, this is this is the dance, right? This is this, this is the back and forth. If the Cowboys can beat the Giants, if, I'll say this: if the Cowboys can split their games with the Giants and Commanders, they're two and two all of a sudden, right? And then they've got you know the Rams game, and I don't think that you should should rush Dak. No pun intended. Rush Dak Prescott back for that. I think if you if you're two and three through that Rams game, it's not the end of the world. But if you can get Dak Prescott back for that Eagles game, that's the one. If, if you're going to try to rush Dak back for any particular game, it's that Eagles game. And then you get some softballs afterwards with the Lions and the Bears, although I know the Lions obviously look a little bit good. That look goes back to the Bears. Uh, but I don't think it's a good idea to, to rush Dak back for the Rams game. I want him for the Eagles game. I want him 100% for that game. That game is going to be very, very, very important. Uh, let's see here. Let's get to more of your comments. Um, let's see here. Uh, Jesse says Dak's going to want to come out next week. Dak's afraid to lose his job. Again, guys, we can all be happy without stirring the pot. Um, Let's see here. Uh, more of your comments. Um, let's, uh, was Demarcus Lawrence injured? No, Demarcus Lawrence was, was fine today. Um, still not seeing any quotes, by the way, uh, in the post game aftermath of the Cowboys win. The Cowboys won. Holy crap! Tomorrow's victory polo Monday. If you're new around here, the days after Cowboys wins, even if it's a Tuesday or a Friday or whatever the case may be, we wear polos. You take a selfie. Tag me on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok for that matter. We share and we have a good time. We celebrate. Even if you don't have a polo or a t-shirt, a hat, or even if it's just a Cowboys song in your heart, we celebrate the fact that our Dallas Cowboys were victorious. Let's get to more stock ups and stock downs. We already talked about Cooper Rush. Noah Brown. This, I mean, again, if, if the Cowboys want to take another victory lap, I know I already said Tyler Smith, fine. Serve me the crow. All right. Noah Brown was phenomenal. I, th- I think you can make an argument. And I wouldn't make this argument to be very clear, but you can make a kind of argument that Noah Brown was more impactful in this game than Micah Parsons. And I only say that because the Cowboys defense as a whole played great. I mean, Micah was so great, but like there was great defensive play outside of Micah Parsons. How about Trayvon Diggs at the very end? Oh my gosh. But anyway, Noah Brown helped Cooper Rush be serviceable. Noah Brown was amazing. This, this was the Noah Brown game. I don't even, this isn't the Cooper Rush game. This is the Noah Brown game. It was a Noah Brown takeover. No, Noah Brown is not a better wide receiver than CeeDee Lamb. No, Noah Brown is not a better wide receiver than Amari Cooper. But today, on Sunday, September 18th, 2022, Noah Brown was the best wide receiver at AT AT&T Stadium. Better than CeeDee Lamb, better than Jamar Chase, better than T. Higgins. Noah Brown took over and helped his team out. One of the biggest stock-ups. I wish I had like a big foam arrow. I am now finally, by the way, seeing the Arizona Cardinals walk off against the Las Vegas Raiders. Man, Raiders fall into 0-2. That would suck. Man, I just cannot imagine what being 0-2 would be like. That would be terrible. That would suck so much. 0-2. Oh, man. Sorry, Raiders. Sorry, Bengals. Just tough cookies. Anyway, um, Noah Brown. Seriously, what an incredible job. What a phenomenal job, Noah Brown. Just perfect. I mean, clutch. Just absolutely clutch. Just the, the most clutch receiver performance we've seen in a long time. I mean, really just absolutely the weapon that Cooper Rush needed. People talk about a lot, like in cliches, when it comes to backup quarterbacks coming in. Well, you know, Rush and, and Noah Brown, they work together on the practice squad or, you know, down the rush, whatever. Just an incredible game. Uh, Paul Beebe says, Noah Brown is a confident and reliable wide receiver three right now. This I agree with. 
this I agree with. And we're getting closer here. We're talking about, right, these windows, right? We're looking, we're extrapolating, we're forecasting, we're figuring out, we're saying, well, we can get to the Commanders game, the Rams game, the Eagles game, whatever, this and that. We're talking about a Dallas Cowboys offense that won, right, ultimately won without Dak Prescott, without Michael Gallup, without James Washington, and without Jalen Tolbert, right? Like, those are those are some consequential players, right? So Noah Brown... Noah Brown has a role. Noah Brown has a home. I mean, you know, I know in training camp, we talked ourselves up about Noah, about Sanifa Hoko, about Jalen Tolbert a little bit. And we were all kind of wondering what was going to happen with this player, that player, whatever, returning. Whenever Michael Gallup's back, I don't know about James Washington, but whenever Michael Gallup's back, Noah Brown is your wide receiver three. He has, look, I I will eat some some crow on this too. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll give me a, a ladle. You know what I mean? I'm scooping this in, you know, very, very, very in large chunks. Um, Noah Brown. I mean, I thought he was just a, a special teams player. It's been five years since he was drafted. It just never really happens. There was, there's no real example of a player like Noah Brown coming in and taking over yet. Here we sit Noah Brown, one of the most important players on the Dallas Cowboys roster on Sunday afternoon in the win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Jesse Sanchez says the practice squad won this game. LOL. Uh, very much so. Uh, very much so in some, some very specific ways. Brian, thank you for the super chat says props to Lyle Collins for the help. Look, I, we're going to do this where we're going to like, people are going to say, Oh man, Lyle sucks. The Cowboys were right. This and that, like blah, blah, blah. People are going to, you know, people are going to live in, in one extreme, but this was not a great game for Lyle Collins, right? <laughs> this was a, not a great game for, I think I still, I would, I would still rather he be on this team, but today the Dallas Cowboys can rub it in our face today. The Dallas Cowboys can say, we told you, and today, they're right. We will give the Dallas Cowboys their flyers. Watsamata, thank you for the super chat. Says, sorry, I'm late. Remember the Rod Marinelli days when the defensive line could not get any pressure on the quarterback? We were right. He was wrong. Domination. Cooper Rush, uh, now at the podium for the Dallas Cowboys, by the way, um, said, uh, yeah, definitely winning an NFL game is a lot of fun. Cooper, just a simple guy, straight into the point. I agree. This defensive line was incredible. I mean, just, just, I mean, just an amazing amazing performance. I mean, amazing doesn't even cover it. I mean, I just don't know how to properly convey what this defense does. I mean, and this, I, I still maintain this is not the right formula to win in the NFL with defense and a run game. That's not the formula that most teams have success with in today's NFL. Can it work? Sure. Is it impossible? No, but is it likely? Not really. But if you are the exception, maybe you can be, maybe you can figure it out. Maybe you can be that one outlier. Obviously, anything is possible. And the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday proved that to be true. Casey Cooper says, uh, thank you for the super chat. Brett Maher, stock up, address the jersey behind. Um, our podcast audience is not seeing this, but this is uh, for the YouTube people only, obviously. Uh, behind me, as you'll see uh, in my office, is a number 19 Dallas Cowboys jersey with the name Maher on the back. I'll do it. All right. I, I wasn't going to do it, but look, how can we not live in the moment? How can we not live in this moment how can we not live in this moment stock i'm just gonna stand up stock up for brett maher stock up for brett maher brett maher did it people 50 yard field goal you all doubted him all right you all said he can't do it what are the cowboys doing bringing him back he was so awful for them in 2018 all right look I said all these things, and I stand by them. I think it was a silly thing to do. The Cowboys, even if Brett Maher winds up being the best kicker in the NFL this year, it still does not make the process right that led to him, right? The Cowboys wanted either John – they actually wanted Jonathan Garibay. Remember him? That feels like 100 years ago. The Cowboys wanted Jonathan Garibay to be their kicker this season, and if it wasn't going to be Jonathan Garibay, they wanted it to be Lareem Hirulahu. Brett Maher was a panic. Brett Maher was a, a, a bottle flip that landed, right? Like Brett Maher was striking oil, which is all that the Dallas Cowboys have really been good at for a very long time now. Uh, the uh, the White Thundercats, spelled W-Y-T-E, I don't know if we've got, that's the last name here, but it says Maher kicked that SOB clear across them mountains, Jack. Brian Rail says, never doubted the man, great kicker. Loco, Texas says, kissed the foot of Maher. Ray says, money Maher. Um, look. He deserves it. I mean, he he really does. He Brett Maher has not missed a kick for the Dallas Cowboys since wearing number 19. That's why I got the jersey out, all right? Brett Maher has not missed a kick for this team since putting on the number 19. And look, people made the case. A lot of you did. I'll, look, I'll take all the crow. I'll, I'll, I'll embody that crow in the cheesecake that I will eat on Friday night. But 
he he was he improved for the Saints last year, but he was this was still an accident. It was still not part of the plan. And that does not that's the same thing with this win. Just because the Cowboys won, we cannot be result oriented. We cannot say, well, the Cowboys wants everything's good. Everything they're doing is right, guys. I like, quit freaking out. No, what they did a lot of things wrong. Kellen Kellen Moore is one of the biggest stock downs for me. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But the Cowboys took their foot off the gas. The Cowboys, just because if I decided to jump out of an airplane without a parachute and I landed, right? Like that wouldn't make it a great idea. The Cowboys landed today. Brett Maher landed the team, landed the plane with the you know the the 50-yard field goal that won the game and obviously everything that came before that. It does not make it a great idea, but today he deserves his props. Today he deserves his flowers. Memo says, I mean, if you get the right answer, does the process matter? It does. It does matter, Memo, and I will say it does because the results we have seen for the Cowboys fuel their future processes, and that's why I want to ensure that we all evaluate this as a moral loss. And I'm not saying, like, be negative or treat it like a loss. Don't celebrate. Be happy. The Dallas Cowboys won. Live your life. You know, be like, enjoy it. This is an awesome thing. But the Dallas Cowboys will look at this and be like, we don't have to sign a kicker. We'll just, like, we'll just sign a Brett Maher in the future. No, you should, you should not approach it this way just because – you got the right answer does not mean that the process did not matter. I think that's one of the biggest like mistakes that the Cowboys make year in and year out. Uh, but you know, that's just uh, a different situation. All right, let's move on. You've got a lot of, we've got a lot of comments here. Um, uh, Nick says a win is a win. Look, it's awesome. Eric says, just eat that crow, man. Eat that crow. Stop coming up with excuses. Look, this is, some of these things are true. And Eric, look, I, I love you, Eric. I don't know who you are, but I love you. I hope you had a great day. I hope you have a great week. I hope whatever food you eat is awesome. I hope you find a hundred dollar bill on the floor, but I disagree with this. Like you cannot just say, well, they won and everything's perfect. Everything's awesome. Like quit, quit freaking out. No, like they did so many bad things. They shouldn't have won this game. I mean, they, they shouldn't have been in this situation. They should not have been in a situation where they had nobody to rely on from a pass catching standpoint. Just because they hit on all these things doesn't mean it worked. It means they won the lotto today. All right. People who win the lotto don't like that doesn't make them brilliant as far as their strategy is concerned. It's a win. That is the most important thing. It goes in the record books as a win. It helps keep them afloat. But they made so many mistakes along the way that if they continue behaving in this manner, the wins won't happen. They won't get this lucky. The odds are not in their favor in that sense. I will eat all the necessary crow, but I hope that the lessons are learned towards the future and with all the future games to come this season because you cannot treat everything the way you have been. The Cowboys were an inch away from losing this game several different times, partly because of Cooper Rush, who Dalton just said, I apologize to Cooper Rush. He looks comfortable with time on his side. Again, Cooper Rush had like four passes that should have been intercepted. They weren't. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. But just because they weren't doesn't mean he didn't throw those awful balls. Cooper Rush is a fine quarterback. He helped orchestrate the win. He deserves his stock up. He deserves his flowers, as I mentioned. But he also made a lot of mistakes, and we cannot look past them because it's convenient to. That is the most important thing to take away from this. Uh, Johnny Boy RN, I love this comment. It says, it's great to be pleasantly surprised, but let's not pretend that uh, I think your comment um, got cut off, Johnny Boy, so we'll wait for it. Astro Joe Garcia says, the process won't work against good teams and for consistent winning. Totally agree. I mean, you think this process works against the Bills? I mean, like, you you think that the, the Chiefs are, are going to fold the way that the, the Bengals did? No. I mean, you play – we're learning here that the Bengals are not that great of a team, and the Cowboys were a better team than them on Sunday. Cool. But that does not mean 
that this is the right recipe, all right? And that's what we have to take away. But we have a lot more stock ups to get to. Stock up, Dorrance, Armstrong, holy crap. Stephen Jones, take your victory lap. Stephen Jones went on the radio in the offseason and said, hey, you know what? I tell you what, Dorrance Armstrong had about the same sack numbers as Randy Gregory last year. I maintain that was a little bit silly to think. But you know what? Dorrance Armstrong had himself a day against the Cincinnati Bengals. Dorrance Armstrong, take your lap. We got some stock up. Let's keep going here. Stock up. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. And I go back to this because it's important. Why can't this happen when Dak is under center? Why can't Tony Pollard be utilized when Dak Prescott's the quarterback? Why can't we saw Kevontae Turpin utilized on a jet sweep? Why can't that happen when Dak Prescott's under center? And what it feels like, and, and look, we don't know. We'll see what happens here. But what it feels like is the Cowboys say, well, crap, Dak is out. He can't save us. We got to start like doing some stuff. Why can't you do that stuff when Dak is there? It feels like the Cowboys are so down to be like, well, we don't need to pack this, this you know, parachute when we're jumping out of the plane because Dak will, Dak will land us. We'll just hold on to Dak's back like the hobbits in Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? We'll just like hang out like this and Dak will land us and we'll be totally fine. No, why don't you want to do all of the good things all of the time? I mean, it's a really ridiculous way to live and to operate. You can be this creative when you have the better player under center. And now what's unfair to the Cowboys, or excuse me, what's unfair to Dak Prescott is comments like this pop up from John Rico. says, Dak changes the play. Dak's the problem. The reason, Oh, the reason for this, Dak can't get it done. Cooper Rush is better than Dak. Now Dak can't even enjoy the win. I hope he enjoys the win, but because all people are saying all these crazy things about him. Like, no, that's just ridiculous. Watsamata, think of the Super Chat, says, stock down Kellen yet again. Offense shut down in the second half when the defense adjusts. So this goes back to the point we're talking about. Stock up Tony Pollard. But uh, let's get the Super Chat back up on the screen here. What happened, Kellen? What what happened? Like, even if even if you don't want to do this, even if you don't want to help Dak, I think that's dumb. But even if you don't want to help Dak, help yourself. What happened? I mean, that's the thing here. Like, everybody's here like, oh, give the Cowboys their flowers. Eat all this crow. Yeah, for sure. But this second half was awful. I mean, this this game was won 20 to 17. The Cowboys scored three points in the in the second half. They scored three points in the second half, and you guys are over here like, everything's great. No, you think scoring three points in the second half is the right way to rock? No. Kellen Moore, what happened? What happened to all that creativity, that spacing, that motion, Kevontae Turpin? It's like it's like Kellen Moore's playing a, a, a checklist game, right? Like he's Santa Claus, right? Well, okay, I got my Kevontae Turpin jet sweep. Don't got to use him again. Put him in, put him away. I'm not going to touch Kevontae till, uh, till the Giants game next week on Monday Night Football. Use him! There's no rule that says you can only use Kevontae Turpin one time. And I will give Kellen credit. He at least utilized Tony Pard a lot more in this game. But what is the deal here? Why do you turtle up? Why do you regress? Why do you get conservative mid-game? It is unbelievable. Kellen Moore absolutely stocked down. Kellen Moore almost sabotaged a beautiful game from Dan Quinn. I mean, Kellen Moore almost threw that away. And thankfully, he did not. Brian, think of the Super Chats. It's, it's, it's as if they make the game plan super complicated for Dak, but dumb it down for Rush, stock down for Kellen Moore for, for stupidity. I agree with this. I won't call Kellen stupid. I don't want to do that. But yeah, <laughs> why can't you do that? If you're going to make it simple, Make it simple for everyone. Like, why does it? Why does it have to be? You don't have to. You don't have to craft some world where where Dak is is the hero. You don't have to to make it so that Dak has to pull off all these complicated things. No. You know what is super simple? Get the fast and dynamic players the ball in space. That's it. I mean, just do that. Just like do it. I mean, it's it's, it's a it's a very very simple concept. Um, Kenneth says, "Why is our rookie wide receiver a healthy scratch every game? We're two games in." And Jalen Tolbert has not played a game. And I think the inactive list is very, very suspicious. And look, I don't want to be negative. The Cowboys won a game. We should all be celebrating. Tomorrow's Victory Polo Monday. But it is, like, again, this is one of those things the Cowboys kind of overcame to win. Jalen Tolbert, he's a day two pick. He's your third round pick. You were touting about how you didn't care about trading away Amari Cooper because of guys like Jalen Tolbert. And to your credit, Noah Brown has hit. You look very smart for that. But right now, what's going on with Jalen Tolbert? Why isn't he playing? Why isn't Jabril Cox playing? Why isn't Nashawn Wright playing? The Cowboys have two third-round picks from their last two drafts as healthy scratches. You cannot tell me that you have day two picks in their first and second years as healthy scratches 
and then also tell me that you are great at drafting. This, there, there are a lot of people who say, oh, the Cowboys are great at drafting. Cowboys got this. They're, they're awesome. They don't need to worry about free agency because they can draft well. They have two day two picks from each of the last two years as healthy scratches. That doesn't mean they're awful at drafting, but it, it means that the perception about them being as great as people think it to be is not exactly true. Um, let's see here. Um, my uh, cast, my cost, my me cost. I don't know. 2011 says, I think Kellen be like, I'll be aggressive in the first half to get their hopes up and the real me will show up. No, I mean, the Cowboys are trying to, to build, you know, a, 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 like a, a mound, right? Like they're just trying to, to build enough to where the other team can't overcome it. And the Cowboys went into the half saying, well, we're up 17 to three. That should be good, right? Like we got, we're up 17 to three and, and Dan Quinn's got the defense playing really well. So, I mean, like, what do we really have to do? Like, we'll just do more of that. Like, we'll just, we'll just like run the clock. We'll, we'll, we'll hand the ball off. We'll, we'll dominate time of possession. No, go for the kill. Score more, more touchdowns all the time. Quit getting so conservative. And again, the results do not justify the process. Scott says the lack of halftime adjustments is alarming. It's not just the lack of halftime adjustments. It's the fact that everybody else is so quickly able to adjust to them. We saw last week, the opening drive for the Cowboys. Oh, cool. Kind of awesome. Whatever this and that, blah, blah. Okay, cool. You get, you know, in field goal range and stuff like that. And then nothing. Great. Your scripted plays work, Kellen Moore. That same thing happened. We were all, you know, stunned. We were all celebrating. Hey, you went down the field. You scored a touchdown. That was one of two touchdowns. The second touchdown happened because Tony Pollard traveled a thousand yards and took the ball down to the one yard line. Other than that, other than Tony Pollard, a player who the Cowboys don't want to play, saving them and injecting life into a drive. The only other touchdown came on the first drive of the game. We have not seen the Cowboys score a touchdown in the second half of a game yet this season. There is no ability to adjust, and there's also no ability to outlast the adjustments that opposing defenses are making to them. That's exactly what's happening in these games. Last week, it was Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers. This week, it's Zach Taylor's staff and the Bengals. They're seeing what Kellen Moore's doing in the first half, which isn't even a whole lot, and they're saying, well, let's just do this, and let's adjust, and we'll take everything away, and Kellen's not going to do anything. Kellen's going to keep trying it and trying it and trying it, and if it doesn't work, hey, you know, it's just that's the way it goes. Uh, Astro Joe says, by the way, Houston Astros one game away from the AOS says Kellamore is a game of Jenga. Then the first few moves are easy and then it falls down. Cowboys prevailed before it fell down this week. I love that analogy. Yeah. Kellen's like, guys, I took this piece away from the top. Like you think this Jenga game is hard. This is super easy. This is awesome. This is great. Um, Steve says we won the game. You're talking all this BS and we won the game. I don't want to hear your BS today, Steve. I hope you have a great day. If you don't want to hear, you can leave. You don't have to listen. You don't have to subscribe. You have a lot of choices. There are a lot of great and fantastic Cowboys content creators all over the internet. So if you don't want to be here, by all means, I hope you have an excellent day. But we cannot just sit here and say, the Cowboys won. Everything's perfect. Everything's awesome. No, they almost lost. The Cowboys were, you know, a Joe Burrow falling apart moment away from losing this game. And then we'd all be sitting here. You cannot let your emotions sway so easily in the win like this. The Cowboys won. Awesome. They're one and one, but they have a lot to learn from this. Uh, let's move on. Uh, more stock up um, the offensive line. We already talked about, obviously, uh, <laughs> Tyler Smith. We already talked about, um, really, the offensive line as a whole. I mean, seriously, th this is one of the things. That, look, the Cowboys don't have a lot of depth along the offensive line. Now, to be fair, they have Jason Peters lurking and waiting. We don't know exactly how they're going to handle this. Um, but the offensive line is playing really well. <laughs> and the offensive line wasn't that bad a week ago. But I maintain the Cowboys could still use some legitimate depth along their line. They are in a, in a bit of a pickle if, if it's challenged. But they're managing right now. And they deserve all the credit in the world for that. So good for them. Uh, let's see here. A lot of you were saying this. Let's move on. Our first stock down. Dalton Schultz. Um, Dalton Schultz. What do you guys have to say about Dalton Schultz as I type another stock up here uh, that we'll get to in a moment here? Dalton Schultz had the fumble, um, and Dalton Schultz, you can make an argument that had the Cowboys lost this game, it it would have been Dalton Schultz's fault. And I tweeted this, but as, as Schultz caught that pass, it kind of felt like as he was going to the ground, it felt like, here they go, they're about to ice this game, this week is going to rule, and this week is going to rule. But then he fumbled, right? And it was like, holy crap, he just gave them life. And he did. He did give them life. Now, technically, the Bengals punted right away, and then the Cowboys punted. But still, Dalton Schultz's fumble effectively took points off the board. And if you fumble, you if you turn the ball over, you've got stock down. I mean, there's no way around that. Like, Dalton Schultz. And look, uh, we hope he's all right. I haven't seen any updates on him yet as far as post-game locker room comments. But um, but Dalton Schultz, not his... Um, his uh, not his best game, and uh, that's okay. Uh, 
John Rico says Schultz is good, but he's not the future. I think that's fair. He's he's a mercenary for this team. Like, right? But he's on the franchise tag, that's fine. Um, uh, but next next year, I think Dalton Schultz, as Daryl Baker says, he's he's playing somebody playing for somebody else next year. Uh King Trill says Schultz's fumble almost screwed up. He really did. I mean, it was it was bad. I agree with Valentino. He's a decent tight end. Yeah, like that he, he's not like trash because he fumbled, but um, you know, just um not not great. You fumble. Hey, it is it is what it is. It's a bad moment. We got to have stock downs, and and that's a stock down for Dalton Schultz. Uh, stock down, very briefly, and and I, this was just one moment. And you could make you could say this about like really this. Is, I think Donovan Wilson is representative of this. I did not like the Donovan Wilson penalty. Um, you you could put Anthony Barr here, right? But so this Donovan Wilson is really just kind of representative of of penalties in general. We're still seeing penalties. We're still seeing bad penalties for the Cowboys. The Cowboys kept two drives alive. For the Cincinnati Bengals with ill-timed, poor discipline penalties. Donovan Wilson had one of them launching himself at the quarterback. I know a lot of people want to say like, hey, you know, whatever. And I see you, T-Swizzy. Donovan Wilson was great today. He was. He played well. But the penalty is a big deal. The penalties is a massive deal. And again, it's. I think it's just representative of, of everybody. I mean, the Cowboys are are letting teams hang around. They're, 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 they get, Again, they fueled two Bengals possessions by way of penalties that you, you can't do that. You can't do that and win in the NFL. It's just not going to happen. Like maybe it will happen today. Like I did against the Cincinnati Bengals, but that's a huge problem. The Cowboys. I mean, we're talking Dalton Schultz fumble and penalties that keep drives alive. And to be clear, you're not going to play a perfect clean game every single week in the NFL, but we know that the Cowboys are supposedly allegedly focusing on penalties. We know that the Cowboys are, According to them, you know, fixing this, taking care of this. You can't tell us that and then have two veterans and Anthony Barr and Donovan Wilson have big time penalties. Now, to the officials credit, they picked up the flag on Leighton Vanderish. Richard Smith says LVE stock up. Totally agree, Leighton Vanderish. I don't have him on the list, but you can totally um, you can totally put him on the list if you want to. Um, you, you can't have these penalties. You can't be a veteran and having these penalties. Everybody said through the preseason, oh, stop freaking out about the penalties. It's not a big deal. It's, it's just the rookies. It's just the players who aren't going to be on their roster. Today was Anthony Barr and Donovan Wilson who had these penalties. All right, And then it was Luke Gifford on the special teams play, the punt uh, that gave the Bengals uh, another opportunity to score. I mean, it really happened. You could not have veterans. And these aren't, you know, these ticky-tack penalties. I mean, Maybe you think the Barr and Wilson penalties were ticky-tack, but you have to know the game. You cannot launch yourself at a quarterback who's sliding. I know football is bang-bang and things happen, but you have to know what's up. You have to know it's unfair, maybe. Maybe you feel it's unfair. You have to know that officials are going to favor the quarterback each and every time, so you cannot be put in a position. I'm checking out the Bears-Packers game, by the way. You cannot put yourself in a position to be caught like that. You simply cannot. Um Let's see here. Um, by the way, Mina Kimes uh, tweeting out, Mina is awesome, uh, a gif of Dwight in the office saying, heading in ready for a week of are the Cowboys better without Dak Prescott takes. Don't be that person, please. But, um, yeah, penalties. You can't have them. You cannot have these penalties um, and uh, and expect to win, although the Cowboys did win. Jason R. says, us fans are a stock up. Last week we were all pissed. Haha. <laughs> I agree. Now, we have to look. Let's be real here. Let's 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 be straight up. All right. Football season is going to be like this, right? We're going to have ups, we're going to have downs, we're going to be happy, we're going to be sad, we're going to go on and on and on and on and on. But we live to fight another day today. All right. Today, we don't have to worry about that. Today, we don't have to say when is the first win going to come. Today, we don't have to deal with all of this to every post game show you watch or podcast you listen to. Make sure you subscribe to the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network as well as the SB Nation NFL show. Every single thing you touch or listen or, you know, whatever is a part of your content consumption is going to talk about the probabilities of making the playoffs if you start off 0-2. Do not have to worry about that. That is not an us problem, all right? Teams that got to worry about starting off 0-2, not us, all right? Raiders got to worry about that. Bengals got to worry about that, all right? We do not have to worry about that. And you know what's else? Or you know what else? Excuse me. I almost messed up my words. You know what else? We are a week away. Hypothetically. I mean, look, if we're being hypothetical. We're a week away. And Paul mentions this. We're, we are not going to New York 0-2 and them 2-0. and That would have been exhausting. All right? That would have been exhausting going into that situation with the New York Giants 2-0. and That game's on Monday Night Football. So we'd have to hear all that for another day. All day next Monday. Oh, the Giants 2-0. Oh, the Cowboys are 0-2. What's going to happen? The Cowboys are going to fall to 0-3. Blah, blah. We're a week away from the Dallas Cowboys. Potentially 
being in first place in the NFC East. It happens that quick, people. All right, look, and that's the thing. Like, we're our emotions move, right? We we learn more. We figure things out. We're you know, there's more information that comes out. Say the Vikings win Monday Night Football, right? Totally possible. Say the Vikings win. Say the Vikings win on Monday Night Football. All right. Cowboys go to New York next week. They win. I'm looking at um, who the commanders and the Eagles have next week because I do not know off the top of my head. In week three, the commanders are playing. Oh, so we've got a full NFC East tilt next week, actually. Uh, Next week, the Washington commanders host the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants host the Dallas Cowboys. You got the Cowboys and the Eagles on the road taking on the Giants and the commanders next week. This whole thing could look crazy in eight days. This whole thing could look wild in nine days. I mean, the Commanders fell to one and one thanks to their loss against the Detroit Lions. I did not see that coming myself. Uh, but the Giants, look, the Giants have beaten two tomato cans, all right? The Giants beat the Titans. We'll see you again about them on Monday night. Um, and the Panthers, all right, you know, Mo Baker or whatever. No, not going to happen, all right? Giants are 2-0. and Good for them. Respect. But now the Cowboys control this thing a little bit. Cowboys have owned the New York Giants in the Dak Prescott era. I understand that Dak won't be a part of that game. But, I mean, look, when Joe Burrow got that ball back, and ultimately before Trayvon Diggs saved the day, when Joe Burrow got that ball back, we were all like, crap. <sighs> we got about to be 0-2. About to be 0-2 with two divisional games coming up. I mean, it really does swing that fast. It really, that's, that's the magic of one win, one loss in the NFL. You can be that close or that far away in a matter of hours or in a matter of minutes. That's just kind of the way that, that football works. And it's beautiful and it's wonderful. It's chaotic. It's crazy. It's, it's devastating and it's wonderful. And it's all these things all rolled up into one. Brian uh, with the Super Chat says, is even as sloppy as we were today, our offense is still better than Washington and New York. We could be three and one in a couple of weeks. I don't know that I agree with that. Um, the Washington offense is legit, all right? Now, I think that the Cowboys offense will certainly be better um, than the Washington offense with Dak back and Michael Gallup back, obviously. Uh, maybe James Washington factored in if you believe in that. I don't personally. Maybe Jalen Tolbert if he develops. But um, I don't think the Cooper Rush-led offense is better than what Washington did. Washington made it a game in Detroit late, right? Scored a bunch of touchdowns. Dallas didn't even score a touchdown in the second half, right? Like Dallas scored their first two touchdowns on their first two drives. Cool. Awesome. And then nothing, right? Like that's it. And so we cannot say that the Cowboys offense right now is better than anybody in the division. Maybe New York, but right now Saquon Barkley looks kind of legit. Saquon Barkley kind of looks back. Um, Last stock up, at least that's on the list. I don't have him here. Oh, I do have him here. Micah Parsons. I mean, what like, we, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about Micah to a degree. I just don't know what to say anymore. Um, I saw a comment here I really liked. Uh, T. Swizzy says, Parsons needs a lifetime contract. What? What? Like, what? How? How is? How is he? How is he what he is? Like, how, how does this happen? How, how is he this unstoppable? Right? Like, like you, you reach a point where you're like, okay, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to, like the bottom's going to come out, right? Like, cause we've seen that, right? Like at any point, any streak, any, whatever, you know, unless you're Framber Valdez with your quality start streak for the Houston Astros, um, it always comes to an end, right? Like there's always, you know, a point where you're like, well, you know, the ride had to end, right? Like he wasn't going to be doing this forever. And look, it's, it's still very, very early in his NFL career. Right. But I mean, I, I just, uh, I love this comment from Astro Joe. Micah's stock isn't up. It's maxed out. I mean, how is he this good? I I maintain, look, I'm 32 years old. I don't know that we have watched a player be as good at what he does in, in my lifetime, um, like my adult lifetime, than, than what we're seeing in Micah Parsons. We've seen a lot of really good players at, that be really good at their respective jobs. And I'm not trying to overlook or underestimate anybody. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, Tony Romo at the peak of his powers, Des Bryant at the peak of his powers. There's a lot of guys we could go on and on and on. Zeke Elliott in 2016, right? There's a lot of guys we can list in that list. But what Micah is, is just like, it's different. It's it's completely and totally different. King Trill says Parsons is the GOAT. I, something I've I've come to calling it, I'm not saying this, this is actually a really bad nickname. He is the exception. He is the exception to the rule. He is the exception to the norm. You cannot plan for anything when it comes to Micah Parsons. If there is anyone who is going to defy the odds, if there is anyone who is going to find a way, it is Micah Parsons. I mean, seriously, what an incredible 
athlete. What an incredible player. Watson Mata, thank you for the super chat. Says, by the way, Doran's two sacks. It's a worthy defensive end three right there. And Micah, my goodness, on pace for 32 sacks. Um, I just, I mean, Loco says Micah LT 2.0. We are, we, we've talked about that many times. Um, T Swizzy says Parsons wrecks any and all game plan. Like, how do you plan for him? Like, how do you plan for Micah Parsons if you're an opposing offensive coordinator? You can't. You you really can't. I mean, like, he will overcome anything. You just have to. Like, I think the best way to play players like that is you have to accept it. You have to accept Micah is going to destroy us. How can we play and win surviving Micah? destroying us that's the only way you can do that so that's you, you have to make peace with it right you have to just accept that it is going to happen and find a way to live in the storm that's the only way to do it um t swizzy that's a great point i overlooked this point uh five million points to t swizzy says sam williams and dante fowler are sweet rotational players as well we really saw that i wasn't a believer in dante fowler myself had a great game sam williams had a great game watson modest says sam williams flash today too i mean Actually, I will ask this question, and I I don't want to like, I, I know we've gone negative, what and what I hope is a practical way. I always want to be practical, be positive, and negative in the ways that are fair to this team that we all love. But I'm going to ask a question, and I promise it's only for developmental purposes, not for negative purposes. Is there, and if so, please list the name. This is obviously a question for the live audience. Anyone who's late, shame on you. Is there a defensive player who you think is not good, right? Like. <laughs> Like, is there a defensive player on this team who you're like, yeah, they could, they could live without him, right? Like, they'd, they'd be fine. Like, is there a defense if you had to give, if you had to give something up? But right? if I told you you can take any one of these these players, these pieces on the defensive side of the ball, and we're gonna try to figure out a trade for whatever, hypothetically here, who would who would be that player? Who would be the one? Who's the person who you cannot find any redeeming qualities for, so to speak? That's a really blunt way to put it. I can't think of one. Um, and uh, Kevin asks starter. No, any player, rotational player. Sam Williams is popping. Dante Fowler is popping. I mean, we're seeing lots of players pop. F. Kit Crutch says Anthony Brown. Y'all are over, man. Please respect Anthony Brown. I know he hasn't had, you know, the, the games that he had last year, but Anthony Brown is, is awesome. Uh, Watson Mata says could live without Jordan Lewis, but that's about it. Jordan Lewis, pretty strong nickel corner. I mean, you know, I'm excited to see the PFF grades and stuff. Um, Kevin says Nishan Wright. That might be the one. Um, that might be the one. Um, that 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 might be the Daryl Baker says Basham, who's on injured reserve, or Chauncey G. Maybe like I guess if we're look, we have to think about that. We have to go really far down this roster to find a player that we're like, I guess, right? Like, I mean, think about it. Dante Fowler is a rotational defensive end, and if I told you right now, hey, I'm going to take Dante Fowler. No, 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 no. Don't you touch Dante Fowler. We need him on this team. There's a lot. I mean, and and that can help. That can work it's really unlikely you have to defy a lot of odds you have to be an exception to the norm you have to to defy a lot of overwhelming regression that that history says is inevitable but it can work we saw that formula today i'm very 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 interested in seeing what this Bengals team looks like over the rest of the season that will help us evaluate obviously how, how truly valuable this win was i think you could kind of argue and i know it sounds ridiculous because the Bengals were in the super bowl a year ago but this feels a lot like the week two win a year ago in my mind, right? If you think about it, last year, week two, in case you forgot, the Dallas Cowboys, this was a road win. They, they went to L.A. and they beat the Chargers. It was the first Cowboys win of the season. They won that game actually 20 to 17 um, in, in off of a, a last second field goal. That was Greg Zerline, not Brett Maher. But that that kind of felt like a game the Cowboys stole. Tony Pollard had a great game, right? Justin Herbert threw a weird, uncharacteristic interception uh, in the red zone to DeMonte Kazee, and it kind of felt like the Cowboys shouldn't have won that game. Kind of like it feels like the Cowboys shouldn't have won this game, but they won, right? And it counted, and it mattered, and it was important. It was an AFC team, so it didn't really matter. And a lot of people believed in the Chargers then, and a lot of people believe in the Bengals now. I don't think the Chargers fell to 0-2. I think they were 1-1 because I think they beat Kansas City in the opener last year, but... Still, I mean, the Chargers were kind of this up and down, you know, notable team. And it kind of feels like that's the path the Bengals are destined for. And the Bengals, I mean, I don't even know what to make of the Bengals. But this was a quality win. This was a huge win. This wasn't just, you know, um, I mean, if the Cowboys had beaten the Jets today, and I know the Jets won, so I don't, I mean, I don't mean to overlook them. But if the Cowboys had beaten this this really poor team, you know, like this, it would be harder to be excited about. And and I understand there's a lot of excitement because they beat the Bengals, they beat the AFC champions, et cetera, et cetera. They did it without their star quarterback. If they can do that, if they can overcome those odds and they can win on a last second field goal, they, they can win. And the Cowboys won this game without scoring a touchdown in the second, third, or fourth quarters. That's wild when you think about it. Like they didn't score a touchdown in the second, 
third or fourth quarter and they won the football game. That is impossible. Like, I, I don't know the last time that, that that has happened in an NFL game. I'm actually kind of curious about that. But you cannot bank on that happening every single week. And that has to be the lesson. You cannot bank on six, seven, whatever it was, sacks from your defense every single week. Maybe it will happen, but you cannot bank on it. You have to get better. You have to improve. And that's where we have to hope that Kellen Moore figures it out. I mean, Kellen Moore has to figure it out. That's that's it. This season, as as the Cowboys are now one and one, and as we kind of get ready to close here, this season is not going to come down to Dak Prescott or Cooper Rush being better than him. No, it's not. This season is going to come down to Kellen Moore. This season is, and and it, it's going to come down to Kellen Moore because of the way Mike McCarthy runs this thing. We said last week, and we've said it on a billion different shows. I I I truly don't know, and, and I'm I'm changing my the way I'm phrasing this now, but I truly do not know how Mike McCarthy can watch this and say, I'm going to let Kellen do this. No, Mike, get up, do it. Get off the couch, Mike, like take control of the offense. Mike has to take over play calling. He has to. I mean, and that's the thing. We cannot say the Cowboys won this game. So everything's good. Everything's hunky dory. Everything's positive, whatever. No, this offense is still an issue. This offense was able to do enough against the Cincinnati Bengals. Thanks to the incredible defense that they have. But it's not enough. This this offense is not going to be enough against elite teams. And there's a lot of them coming down, you know, the the bend for the Cowboys. They got to play the Rams. They got to play the Eagles. Soon enough, they got to play the Vikings and the Packers. And we'll see how the Packers, you know, wind up. Obviously, tonight they're going to have to play um, the Eagles again. That's kind of it. Like you think think about after the bye, after that Vikings game, it kind of like you know, it's going to be really nice in December when the Cowboys are playing the AFC South. The Colts, as predicted, were frauds or are frauds. Um, I mean, just a lot of bad stuff in the AFC South. But this season, I don't even want to say it's going to come down to Kellen Moore. This season is going to come down to what Mike McCarthy allows to happen or forces to happen when it comes to offensive play calling. Brian, thank you for the super chat. Uh, 1,000% agree. 10,000% agree. McCarthy needs to take over places, what Brian says. He has to. You cannot... You cannot say, well, you know what? Next week, we just won't score a touchdown in the second half or the second quarter even. Like, we'll win. No, you cannot. Tr- like, and look, I don't, I don't, like, the, the nature of, of this, like, you know, stuff, right? Like, we talk about football and sports. The nature is that some things are good and some things are bad. And I, I wish Kellen Moore nothing but health, wealth, and happiness in life. But he is not a legitimate play caller in the NFL right now. We're seeing that now. We have two weeks of data here on this season. We saw it over the entire second half of last season. It is, it is, it can't be done. It, it's not enough. Yes, Kellen, you did a great job early on in this game but you're still not improving. We have to see improvement. Mike, dude, if if this if you're if this season's going to be your last, dude, go out Frank Sinatra style. Do it your way. Do it your way. I mean like, you know, don't just let Kellen Moore dictate your future like this. Kevin says Mike should do that. What is the worst that could happen? He get fired, which will happen anyways if the offense keeps playing like this. What I do not want. What I do not want as a Dallas Cowboys fan, what I do not want is for us to be sitting here in February or March and Mike McCarthy jump on the Rich Eisen show or the or Colin Cowherd show or one of these big time national shows and say, you know, I haven't really had a chance to put my offensive fingerprints on this team, right? Because, you know, I got here and it was Kellen's offense. I haven't had a, a chance to, to really kind of put my offensive touch. No, we need to see that now. Don't wait. Like we you know this, this has to happen now. We have to learn this right now. We have to know who you are as an offensive mind, as an offensive player for the Dallas Cowboys. If we don't, then we are really just wasting this time. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Let's be straight up about it. We're just wasting time. If we go three full years with Mike McCarthy, the great offensive mind, the great offensive mind who is, is part of the staff in San Francisco and, and obviously all the time in Green Bay, and we had that dude as our head coach for three years, that's a thousand days, right? three whole years, and we never even saw his offense. What are we doing here? I mean, like that's like saying, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna build a restaurant, guys. I'm everybody watching and listening. I'm gonna build a restaurant. I want you to all come. I want you to eat my food. I've hired Bobby Flay. All right, Bobby Flay is gonna be part of this restaurant. He's he's gonna cook the food. No, he's not gonna cook the food. Are you crazy? He's gonna be a part of the restaurant though. Everybody, come on in. Right? We got some other guy. Um, he, we just hired him last week. He's going to be the chef, but Bobby Flay is going to be here, people. I know you think that, that you're going to eat Bobby Flay's food, but that would be silly. That would be dumb for you to come to this restaurant that Bobby Flay works at and expect Bobby Flay's food. We want Bobby Flay's food. All right. That's what we want. We want Bobby Flay's food running the Dallas Cowboys offense. Now that analogy went a weird place, but uh, thank, I thank you and appreciate you for running with it with me. 
Um, the Dallas Cowboys won. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys won. And tomorrow is Victory Polo Monday. Do you have a polo? You have a shirt? You have a hat? A T-shirt? You have a scarf? You have your nails painted? You have whatever you got going on. Take a picture. Tweet it out. Put it on Instagram. Put it on TikTok. Put it wherever you want. Put it on a carrier pigeon. Tag me. And we'll do it. Let's have a great time, people. Enjoy it. The Dallas Cowboys won. No game next Sunday, but we have a lot of content coming out between now and then. Make sure you subscribe right here to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel to be a part of our live shows. Make sure you subscribe to the Blog and the Boys podcast network. We have shows coming out each and every single day. You hear me all throughout the week over there. Make sure you have a great day. I, I, I want that more than anything. I hope you have a fantastic, wonderful, perfect, flawless, infallible day. And make sure you live it up because the Dallas Cowboys won. My name is RJ Ochoa. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at RJ Ochoa on the aforementioned TikTok at RJ.Ochoa. For now, I bid you all a sweet adieu. Brett Maher did it, people. The Dallas Cowboys won. Love you all.